0: If you have not defined success for yourself then it's almost inevitable that you're living someone else's definition of success and you're chasing after those things and those milestones that we're told to want
1: hello humans welcome to the feminine rebellion podcast i'm your host natalie frasca mom of three wild kids a crazy lover of garlic a wild woodswoman and hiker, a voracious reader, and a feminine leadership coach. I'm on a mission to create a rebellion of female leaders who are ready to dig deep into their purpose and push massive ripples of love and justice into the world. I believe we are all born leaders, and this world needs us now more than ever. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of the women who are out in the world and doing the damn thing. These are the rebels who inspire and ignite me. They're the feminine rebels who are working to raise our collective consciousness, helping us uproot from our patriarchal conditioning and bring the world back into balance. If you hear something that makes you go, hell yes, reach out to these guests, dive into their work, collaborate with them, or hell, hire them to work with you. Consider these women the guides on your own inner rebellion. Okay, thanks for listening. Let's do this. My dearest... Feminine Rebellion, today I have a very, very special guest, Taylor Elise Morrison. Taylor Elise Morrison turned being bad at self-care and being firmly convinced of every human's potential into a career. She's the founder of Inner Workout and the author of a book by the same name, which we are going to dive deep into today. Recently named one of Fortune's 10 innovators shaping the future of health, Taylor is tired of aspirational, quote-unquote, wellness as usual. Instead, she builds businesses, content, and experiences that make well-being and personal development more accessible. You're just as likely to see Taylor facilitating a workshop at a Fortune 100 as you are to see her talking about TikTok and body image, with a high school class. Wherever Taylor goes, she's sure to use her coaching, mindfulness, and movement training to meet people where they're at and offer actionable steps towards creating a world without burnout. Taylor, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Feminine Rebellion podcast. I am beyond pleased, honored that you are sharing this time with us. Um, it's just so good to be in this space with you
0: thank you for having me i just i'm honored to be here it's been yeah i've been really looking forward to this conversation because i just knew that like this was going to be juicy and real and so i'm so grateful to be here
1: yeah it is so i'm just going to show everyone here your book inner workout this this is self-care done differently. And I just want to start, Taylor, by reading the first line of your book in the introduction. And this is, this is the moment I knew that I was entering into a portal of real learning, I was entering into the portal of like a real human and real human experience. So this, just this one line got me, this is not an aspirational wellness book. It can't be because I'm writing it. So, I mean, so much of self care, like all of our listeners right now, when you hear the word self care, what comes to mind, right? the first thing that I think of is some kind of shiny Instagram post, maybe a photo of a green juice or a woman laying in a bath with rose petals and some kind of essential oils around her. And yes, that is one form of self care, but this book is so much more than that. This book is about meeting your body and your being where they are and this is why this is why you're here today because i just i need to talk about this new kind of definition or this real definition of self-care so so first this first line can you tell us i mean there's like such a little tease there in that first line so can you tell us taylor what brought you to kind of dive deep and unearth this kind of definition of self-care for yourself and your people?
0: It completely came out of necessity. Like I am not a naturally calm, relaxed, present person. My tendency is towards like workaholism, burnout, and I kept getting to this place where I was getting burned out over and over and over again. And it was really at the height of kind of treat yourself style self-care yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, like you can be hustling all the time, but then you just like buy something expensive and you take an afternoon and then it fixes everything. And that was not working for me. And so I really needed to find something else that ended up being so much more of a lifestyle, as a conversation that I'm constantly having with myself, rather than these one-off band-aid fixes that weren't really getting to the root of what I was actually struggling with in my life, which was I was building a life that wasn't designed to care for me.
1: Mm, And... I know that your words right now are resonating with so many people because what we're taught this like treat yourself, you know, meme really is, you know, work hard, hustle hard. And then, you know, fuck it, you know, go on a girl's weekend or hit the spa, right? These band aid fixes, but they don't get to the root. So can you tell us a little bit about how we get to the root of what's burning us out
0: absolutely the definition of self-care that i came to was that self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible and that's the definition of self-care that i come back to over and over and over again and so if we're looking for a starting point for self-care The first shift is to turn it into a conversation rather than like a task that gets pushed to the bottom of our to-do list. So Mm. the starting point would be to make that space to hear from yourself, to listen within, to start having conversations with yourself instead of Mm. all of a sudden realizing you're burned out, your body, your being is speaking to you really loudly kind of yelling at you. And then you immediately turn to, well, this book or this podcast episode or this person, this quote unquote expert told me I should do this thing. So I'm going to do that. And there's no listening to yourself in that context. And even though you might be doing things that are theoretically good, they may not be what you need. And so it really has to start with listening within and then finding that loving response.
1: And and that is the beauty of this book and of all of your work, Taylor, is that you aren't approaching this as an expert. You are approaching your work and the way you work with people as giving people tools on how to become their own expert, right? Because just like you said, like people say, oh, well, if you're feeling stressed, you know, do breath work, right? Or if you have racing thoughts, try meditation, but what that's doing and what I'm hearing you say is that it's disconnecting. It's giving our power away basically to the expert instead of recognizing the power within. And I know this is really kind of this, this broad root or, or, you know, weave that goes through all of your work is developing a relationship with your own knowing right? Um, so there's a term that is really thrown around a lot on the internet and especially on Instagram. And the term is embodiment. And, you know, there's a section in your book on embodiment. And I think that it's getting really kind of messy out there with this term. Everyone's saying, you know, calling themselves, I'm an embodiment coach or get embodied. Can you tell us like your definition or what embodiment means to you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I
0: side note, I just always like to joke that like somehow I ended up in a career where it's like, I'm constantly defining and redefining things because it's like, oh, everything is too murky. Like, let's take it back to the basic root of it. So for embodiment, in its simplest form, it's about being present in your body. And I think at first listen, that sounds like it's not that revolutionary, like I'm always in my body, but are you really? Because I can say for sure that I'm not always in my body. I can be in front of my laptop and completely living in my mind, unaware of the fact that I'm hungry or that I'm tired or that I need to take a sip of water. I am I can be so disconnected from my body. And so when we are embodied, we are present in our physical body and are in relationship with our physical body rather than and this can happen too, especially in certain more spiritual spaces where we can think oh well if i'm being really spiritual i like transcend the body Mm -hmm. and i don't that's not something i personally subscribe to i think and um there's a woman michelle palazan she i've heard her say something similar that like part of why we are here living this life on earth is to be in these earthly bodies and that in itself is actually really spiritual we don't need to transcend them
1: no I, and amen to that i am totally on board with with that description and you know i was telling taylor before before we started recording today and because i've just been devouring her book and reading it over and over mm-hmm. again um, this stuff is really just top of mind. And, and I happen to be teaching some of these things myself, right. To the people in my practice. And yet I find myself getting disembodied. And one of, one of the ways it showed up for me today was, you know, I, I love pour over coffee. So I made myself a pour over coffee at 6am and I usually make myself another one, You know between nine and ten and those are like my two cups of the day so as i was preparing for this podcast interview you know it was really um you know preparing my questions and i was getting a little buzzy inside my body and i went to reach for the coffee beans to make myself another cup of coffee my second kind of autopilot response right like it's just something i always do those neural pathways are really (laughs) grooved in there and I had, I could feel the buzziness in my body. And I, I practiced one of the exercises that Taylor has in the book, um, an embodiment exercise where you, well, you have to buy the book, but you stare at your hands and you move your fingers and then you you notice that you're in your body. I put both hands over my heart and I really checked in with myself and I made the choice to brew a cup of peppermint tea instead of make my second cup of coffee. And it was a beautiful moment of practicing listening to myself, practicing embodiment, like starting that conversation. So I'm assuming this is kind of what you're talking about In the book
0: yeah and i love that i like even that okay i've got this neural pathway this is just what i would do but then when i check in with my body that actually can open up the door to something else that's below the surface i just i love that example so much and i would guess it didn't take you a lot of time either like an embodiment practice doesn't have to be like the 60 minute class thing that you're doing it can be as simple as it was 30 fingers
1: Yeah, 30 seconds. And then the beauty of it is that where there was a ripple effect after because then I I grabbed my peppermint tea and I was like, okay, I'm not going to go back to my laptop and look at my notes again. I looked outside. I happened to live on 12 beautiful acres of forest and I walked out into the field. I checked on my tomatoes and I was like, oh, wow. okay, my feet, I had bare feet. It's like this is what I needed. And what a beautiful segue into my podcast with you. <laughs> you know, like getting grounded, getting embodied and then hopping on.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so thank you for that. As someone who says and thinks that she practices these things regularly, it took diving back into your book to remind me how important How important this work is and how important it is to be embodied so you're building a little empire over there taylor at inner workout and i know a lot of our listeners are also building businesses so you know self-care and business building or being an entrepreneur i mean we've been taught right patriarchal programming to hustle to grind that if we want to quote unquote make it or be successful in the space that we need to kind of forego a lot of our personal needs to to get to where we want to be right to get to that finish line so I guess I'm curious, like, how have you integrated self-care into building be, being an entrepreneur and building inner workout? Yeah.
0: I will first preface it. At this point, it's probably no surprise to anyone, but I don't do it perfectly. That's for sure.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. One of the questions I try to come back to all the time is like, am I being a good boss to myself? And if I were to go back and get a full-time job, would they be treating me better than I'm treating myself? And unfortunately, a lot of times the answer is like, oh yeah, I would be treated better there than I am treating myself. So something needs to change. And I think the first piece, I like that you mentioned like programming. I had so much programming around what a business was supposed to be. And even from like what my work hours were supposed to be, before we started recording, you were talking about how normally on Mondays you're not like interacting with other people. There's just so many things where I was like, okay, a business is you work from eight to five, you're doing these things. This is what your marketing looks like. This is how you have to price things. And it just felt so constrictive. And there have been many points where I wasn't enjoying parts of it. There have been many points where I was like, actually, I don't think this is it, I'm done. And then in those moments, I always have to come back and do exactly what I talk about self-care is, listen within, respond in the most loving way possible, understand what's feeling off to me, understanding what I want and what I need and what's getting in the way of me being able to give those things to myself by way of the business. And that means I end up pivoting a lot. Um, something I try to do pretty regularly um, give my, myself permission to do is to notice when something isn't working anymore and to pivot because mm. me staying stuck in doing the thing because I think I have to, because of the shoulds, it's not serving me and it's not serving anyone else.
1: Thank you so much. Let's go into the pivot talk because so many, um, so many people believe that, you know, kind of pivoting is like giving up or a sign of weakness or, um, you know, there's, there's a thread of something in pivoting for entrepreneurs that feels scary and and yucky. So like, how have you given yourself permission to, to pivot? Or what is your relationship to it?
0: I think this year I have really started to build a healthier relationship with it. I've been doing it ever since I've been an entrepreneur, but with like some guilt and shame and like, okay, hopefully if I do it this way now, then I don't have yes. to pivot again and yeah, now i'm but like don't oh no i have to pivot again
1: but i don't exactly. have to pivot again that's the thing
0: and oh, now I'm it's sorry. like no that's part of it um mm. i every year i get a solar return reading and this year um i got a reading her name is Jordan schomer great astrologer and she told me this will be a year or this could be a year of unbridled expansion if you are willing to move past your fear of being seen as anything less than perfect and i just was like Uh, (laughs) shot to the heart um i was just like oh when a lot of my feelings around pivoting are because i feel like oh i didn't get it perfect that time and so i will stay in something that i know isn't working because I'm like, well, they don't know that it's not working. So if I just stay where I I am, everything's going to look perfect to everyone else. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like not enjoying this at all. So I've experimented this year with just being willing to say like, okay, this isn't working. Something needs to change. And okay, something needs to change again. And the main way that I do that is I try and view everything as an experiment. So I will say like, okay, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes I'll be like, I'm gonna try this for a quarter. I'm gonna try this for six months. I'm gonna try this for one month and then reevaluate. And Mm. the reason I love calling it an experiment is because you can't fail an experiment. There's just, it's not possible to fail an experiment.
1: It's high play. It's like we are going to, or as one of my mentors says, fuck around and find out exactly you know like this gets to be fun like we are ultimately like just creative beings right like we are here to create and so I mean your description Taylor of pivoting and experimenting I can feel the collective's shoulders relaxing right now and myself I feel like I just Not that we need permission from others but i feel like a part of me just received permission to just try some things
0: right and i do want to lean into that for a second because i think this has the potential to have a ripple effect because the more transparent i've been about pivoting and more accepting of that I have more and more people come up to me and say, the fact that you were willing to try something different gave me permission to do the same, exactly what you're saying. So then I think if you pivot and then you are willing to share that, then that's going to and then all of a sudden there's like this collective permission, not even granting, but like receiving the permission that was there all along.
1: Yes, that is the ripple effect. It's like when a woman, you know, steps into her pleasure and then the other woman's like, wait, I want that. Can I have that? You can. You can. It's like the um, when Harry met Sally, that scene of like, you know, her having like the fake orgasm at the table. Right. Like, I'll have what she's having. Like, (laughs) we need to we need to see more. I love this transparency piece. People being transparent about their business and saying hey let's all let's all try many different things and it's okay right like we all especially instagram you think people have this like these glossy businesses with like their well-oiled machines and they're making forty thousand dollars a month and there's a framework for that like barf right mm-hmm
0: and that gets, there's, I see a clear parallel between that and the way the wh- wellness industry talks about things. Like we were talking about self-care before there's this tendency, something's wrong. Let me plug into what someone else said worked for them and assume something's wrong for, with me, if it doesn't work for me, the same thing for business. Like when we see people who are talking about I have these 40 K months or I have whatever, um, First of all, sometimes I'm curious about that because I'm like, are we talking like revenue or profit? Like there's just a lot of not transparency there. Exactly. Um, But also they found what worked for them and maybe they're making it in a way that would feel so awful for you to make money that way. But if you listened within and looked at your skill sets and saw what light lit you up you could find your own path that, and first of all, like, does anyone need to be making 40K a month? Not saying that that's not bad. Exactly. Like, I don't want to tamper anyone's ambition, but like, yeah. that's their goal. That also doesn't have to be your goal. Maybe you can live out the a full, like a full satisfying life and not need to make 40K a month in your business. That could be true too
1: this is an awesome conversation actually because we've become so disconnected from our own personal definitions of success like i did this exercise recently where it's like well what do i really need um you know what i really want is money for um local foods really important to me so i want if i'm gonna buy meat for my family i want to be able to afford it from the farm down the street which is Four times as expensive as the grocery, you know, Hannaford's down the street. Yep. I want um, to host people in my home, you know, so I want some space for friends to come. Um, a big dining room table is really important to me. Like, I want at least 10 people to sit at my table at once. Like, these are the things that are important, you know? Um, but You know like like when you say but i mentioned 40k a month i think oh that's that's way more than i need personally to feel fulfilled and i also you know doing this exercise it's like i don't want a roster full of clients (laughs) i actually don't want a roster full of clients um that's overwhelming to me because i'm an over server so you know I can't give all of myself to many people so I like having small you know I like having a small amount of clients you know and so when we really you know going back to this idea of what we really need or following other people's prescriptions like self-care is listening to ourselves in those conversations as well
0: absolutely i've had to do so much work around definition of success and we have something that we teach it in our workout to help people build their own definitions of success because i feel like if you have not defined success for yourself then it's almost inevitable that you're living someone else's definition of success and you're chasing after those things and those milestones that we're told to want Whether it's like the job or the promotion or getting married or having kids Mm. or getting a bigger house or being able to make 40K a month, whatever these things are. And none of those things are inherently wrong or bad, but how much time do we waste chasing after these things, getting them? They don't make us feel the way that we thought they would make us feel because they weren't actually what we wanted. They weren't actually how we were defining success
1: exactly and and at the feminine rebellion we call this the patriarchal path right so it's like there's this you know well-trodden pathway through the forest and everyone's just like kind of following the leader right and you go to school you get a good education um you know you get married Maybe you get an animal first and then you have kids and then you move from the condo to the house and then you have another kid and you go to the bigger house and then you need a bigger job and more money and, you know, maybe you buy a second home. I mean, this is like, this is, you know, there's no point, especially, you know, I'm speaking specifically to women right now, but where anyone's saying, well, what do you, what is your like soul's calling? It sounds... That term sounds big, but what are you being called to do with your life and what do you really need? Right? And maybe we should be having these conversations with kids. Like I know you're having conversations with kids in high school. Um, Maybe we should be having these conversations with kids, you know, from middle school on or earlier, right? (laughs) From birth. What is it that you're, what is it you want for your life?
0: And I, I think that could be so cool. I'm a person who is child-free by choice. I love working with kids. I don't personally want kids of my own, but I think there's something really beautiful. Like as someone who was a kid and constantly getting asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up is so limiting versus like, what do you want for your life? Mm. What, like, how would you want your life to feel when you're a grown up? Like yes. I'm just so curious about the conversations that that could open up for yes. people to be able to talk about what they want their life to feel like and what things mm. would be exciting for them. And it's gonna change so much. Obviously, when you're a kid, it even changes when you're an adult. Like you, yes. you think you want something. We going back to the experiment, and you realize, oh, right. this doesn't feel how I thought I, I thought it would feel. But it's it, taught me that this other thing is important to me. And now I'm going, going to lean into that. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of room for us to shift the conversations that we have societally and the assumptions that we make when we're ha- even doing things as simple as having small talk.
1: Mm, agreed. I love the feeling piece. We talk a lot about feelings, the feminine rebellion. Like, yeah, I have a, a pop-up on my phone every morning and it says, how do you want to feel today? Mm. And it's like just that quick, like, hmm, yeah, today I want to feel grounded or today I want to feel you know, connected to nature. Today I want to feel alive. And so that's you know, a lot of dance practice. Or it's, um, again, it's that embodiment piece yeah so just to wrap up this kind of business angle here if you could go back in time to when you started inner workout what is something you wish you knew then that you know now about starting a business um man I wish i would have known a lot about the pivoting like
0: we publicly launched six months before the pandemic and the original plan was something that would have a lot of in-person elements and so i think i was able to give myself a little bit more grace because i was like well i couldn't have planned having a pandemic but then i kept looking for like like i said earlier well if i do this then i won't have to pivot again like pivoting is bad but i have to do it this one time to get it quote unquote, right. And there's so many angles. Um, I think I would also tell my past self, like, just really be where you are in the business. I found myself comparing myself to businesses that were older than me, that were maybe venture capital funded, that had different values than I had. And I'd be constantly looking well, at like, well, they're here. And it's like yeah well they have a lot of years on me or they have like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank to spend on things or they have these different things and i wish i would have just been more present in what i had whether that's like the community base that i had and could really appreciate what i had in terms of my own gifts the community that i had the vision that I had for the company, even if parts of it were hazy, rather than constantly being like, well, you hit this number, now you need to hit this number, or you hit this number, well, guess what, you're still behind because that company is over there. And if I just would have had my eyes on my own paper a little bit more, I think I would have come into my own as a leader sooner. And I think inner workout would have hit its stride sooner
1: yeah what's coming up for me as i'm hearing you speak taylor is this this idea of like slow growth and like kind of sowing our seeds where they are you know you mentioned kind of connecting to your immediate community more like i think we forget that you know we have reach like right where we're planted and that You don't necessarily need to be, like, reaching people. Yeah, I I come up against this with some of my clients where it's, like, everyone's so focused on Instagram and, like, reaching people who are 7,000 miles away. And, like, there's probably 10 people in your community that would love to be in your space right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, allowing ourselves to kind of grow organically or... Kind of grow where we're planted first instead of kind of looking out here
0: i'm just oh, like no. sitting here because i think i needed to hear that we're in the process of like preparing for a big launch later this year and so i've just been thinking about so much like marketing and strategy and all of these different things and how are we gonna get new people in, etc.? And just hearing that reminder of like, oh, I have this amazing community right here. And the advice that I just gave myself about like, oh, I wish that that Taylor would recognize what she had then and start there. That's actually the advice that current me needs too. Of like, oh yeah, I've got this great thing right here. How can I appreciate and use what I have right now? So this was, I I feel like I just got a mini coaching session. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Well, we all need those reminders and it's, you know, what happens in conversation with other, with other leaders, with other like business owners. It really is magic. Like, do you, do you have, you know, a community of other, you know, women or um, entrepreneurs that you lean into? Because this is, this is something that I've found really meaningful in my own growth.
0: Yeah. So one, I will say, like, we met through our coach training, and mm-hmm. we still like our our cohort, our smaller chunk of our cohort, like mm-hmm. we still meet about once a month. And that's really sweet from a coaching perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend and I actually end of last year, we started something called the Lifestyle Business League, which is a networking community for people who run lifestyle businesses, which essentially means that like, companies that aren't receiving like venture capital or outside investment and are really interested in building like ways of doing business that are supportive to them um, and also are supportive for like the earth and their community. And that's been a really sweet space um, because I think I was missing that for a while. And I my friend that I started it with, we both found ourselves in places where it, it was business community but because we were a little bit further along we were often like giving to a lot of people and we wanted a space that felt a little bit more mutual there was reciprocity yeah. or we'd be in spaces where people had businesses that were maybe bigger than us but then they didn't have the same values that we did so the things that they were suggesting mm-hmm. were like ugh, that feels really like Chris. bro marketing way of doing things that we're not into. So the Lifestyle Business League has been like a sweet spot to
1: access that that community and feel supported. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, we all need those spaces to be with people who share our values. Mm-hmm. Really, who share our values, and are you know facing similar obstacles in business, or want to celebrate and feel like that celebration's okay. That's one huge part of it, right? Like wanting to be able to take up space. Ooh, which reminds me of your self-care assessment, Taylor. <laughs> so I know we're jumping all over the place here, but... I love um, it. Yeah, it's so fun. So on your website and part of your book, I have to show the book one more time because it's so beautiful. Um, you invite your readers to take a self-care assessment, which I took and um, I'm going to take it again because when I took it, I took it, um, I answered the questions, I think from a place where I think I want to be and not where I was at the time. So. I'm going to take it one more time because you know my you know all of my you know I was like pretty high on all of the scores and i was like huh i don't think that's totally accurate i think this is like an aspirational vision of what i want and i wasn't really being honest with myself mm-hmm. um but you will put a link to the self-care assessment at the bottom of this podcast because not only you know Are the graphics beautiful and you get some insights but you also get some practices you know one of my favorite practices that i got was the power pose um and you know the kind of like taking up space power pose and um i'll be using that going forward for sure so listeners check that out we'll put all the links in the bottom um but my maybe one of my last questions or as we kind of like wind down, I could talk to you forever. Taylor, um, is I know you've shared with me, um, that you were diagnosed maybe in the past couple years with ADHD. And I'm curious how that has impacted your work, you know, your self care work and how you approach, you know, building your business.
0: I think it's given me
1: a lot of language
0: for just like how and why I need or do certain things. And it's also given me language for, or not even language, but like, oh, context, that's the word I'm looking for, for how I approach self-care, because they're like frameworks and structures, but I'm constantly going back to helping people figure out what works for you. Like, what do you need? And... I think part of that is with my ADHD, where people with ADHD tend to both thrive when there's some structure, but also resist too much structure. And so finding that flexible structure, which is a lot of, when I'm talking about self-care, essentially I'm helping people create these structures that have enough flexibility that they can, for an ADHD person, still feel like they, um are getting some choice getting some novelty in the midst of doing something that's nourishing for them and as a business owner i think it's helped me realize that like what i need to feel good going back to like am i being a good boss to myself part of me being a good boss to myself is making sure that there is something that i'm working on at any given time that like feels really exciting and new and novel and also there are plenty of things that I can do. Like I used to run operations for a startup. Like I'm really good at setting up systems and processes when I need to. And that also isn't my zone of genius. And so when I find myself too bogged down and like too in the weeds of things, I disengage from projects, even if I was excited about them before. So it's also changed how I structure the type of support that I need and Mm realizing like, okay, these things are going to light me up. And if I do too much of these other things over here, I'm going to want to throw everything away. Um, So, yeah, it's just given me a lot of knowing myself more and a lot of compassion for myself.
1: Mm, So beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's the more we learn about ourselves and how we move through the world, right? And what paying attention to what feels good, it's so powerful.
0: It really is. And like, that's whether or not you experience ADHD. Yeah, I I just find that for me, especially knowing like I'm going to listen within and respond with love and what I need may be so different than what a neurotypical friend needs, or what this business owner over here who doesn't have the same, I don't even want to call it challenges, but whose brain works differently needs. And so it's yeah. really validating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I I have so many questions for you, and I know I said that was going to be one of my last ones, but um, I lied. So <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit. Are you okay? with keeping?
0: Oh, yeah. Keep absolutely. Yeah, I'm okay. loving this conversation.
1: Okay, great. Um, I'm curious about how you've handled visibility because um, this is a huge one for my people or the women in the Feminine Rebellion who were all building things really from the ground up, like mm-hmm. building things that are really like rooted in who they are. You know, we say rooted in their wildness um, and and showing up, you know, whether it's like in an email or social media or just kind of sharing ourselves with the world is can really put your nervous system in um, a frenzied state and can cause you to shut down or not you know able to share your gifts your work your creations with the world so i'm curious how you've handled like becoming more and more visible especially you know writing a book and and sharing these stories that are in here with the world um so could you are you comfortable talking a little bit about your journey into visibility
0: I'm so glad that you did because this is something I like I have worked with my coach on that I've gone back and forth on a lot. Um, oof, where do you even start? I do think that at the beginning, wanting to be visible was kind of like, oh yeah, that's just what you do as a business owner. I didn't think a lot about it. And then I'll say, like, in the summer of twenty twenty and everything that was happening there, um, with George Floyd and uprisings and things like that, being like a black owned business during that time, I started to get a lot of visibility really quickly. And that dysregulated before it was like a crescendo or not even a crescendo. I don't know that, I guess it was kind of a crescendo, but it was just more steady. Like it felt like it was, my visibility was getting bigger and bigger, but it was happening at a pace where it was, more manageable. And then all of a sudden, it's like, the. Te- I don't know why I'm using a music metaphor right now, but it felt like it. it was a crescendo. And we were at like a pretty slow, steady space. And then all of a sudden, everything like sped up. And I'm like, Woof, that was very dysregulating. And I remember talking to my friends about it and like overall feeling pretty good about it. But not- but then feeling I was get- like I was having to perform in a certain way. And mm. it was just a lot. And since then, I've really kind of. Hmm. I'm I'm jumping in in the timeline a little bit. A parallel to that was coming out with a book, and I've been like doing podcast interviews and talking about myself more. And I think a big thing has been like, what am I willing to share with the world in being visible? I've had a couple instances where I've shared something that like I'm not terribly upset that I shared it but then seeing like how people are taking it or commenting on it and I'm just like ooh I'd rather just keep that piece to myself yes. if you uh, I don't do a ton on Instagram anymore um but I mostly like I mostly show myself and my dog occasionally I'll show a friend but I keep it pretty like this is a very specific window into my world and like the rest Mm -hmm. of my personal life with my close friends and my husband and all those things is really primarily for me because like Mm -hmm. i need to define like being visible how much of my life gets to be visible and then the other big shift for me has been where does it feel sustainable and safe for me to be visible And for a long time, I was investing a lot into being on Instagram and I have my personal Instagram account and Inner Workout has an Instagram account. And I was paying someone to run Inner Workout's social media and she's great. We actually were just at the Beyonce concert last night together. Um, She's so good at what she does. And also I realized I wasn't getting an ROI on social media. And so I just had to be really honest, like, oh, this is not the place that if I want to get results for my business, this is not the place where I need to be visible. Whereas like writing the newsletter, I've written it consistently for, has it been four years, almost four years? It's been a long time that I've written, A newsletter every single Sunday and it has like an insane open rate for how many people it has I think it's averaging around like a 60% open rate for thousands of people and like that feels so easy for me to be visible there being on my podcast feels really easy for me to be visible I was on TikTok for a while it was fine until it wasn't fine for my nervous system Instagram for a while was fine until I had questions of like privacy sharing and also ROI. And so for me, a lot of the visibility is like, I don't have to be visible in the way that you are visible. You don't have to be visible in the way that I'm visible. We have to find the ways that are supportive for ourselves. And then I feel like there's a flywheel. Once you find that place where you mm. you can tell that you feel safe and it's cons- you can sustainably show up there, then people are like, oh, I can trust that Taylor's always gonna send this email. I can trust that Taylor will I'm on my podcast is seasonal now, but they know that it's seasonal and they know that it will be back. And so Mm. they've been able to grow in that way. That was a lot of scattered thoughts. I did not realize how much I had to say about that.
1: No, I love it because really what visibility, I mean, there's like this weave of visibility and self care. So it's, it's finding what feels safe to you, but also like matching, you talked about like, what's the return on investment on the places that you're visible so like being strategic as well as like paying attention to where are the places that feel really good and easy for me to show up and people feel that right people feel like you're excited to write your sunday letter you know that gets transmitted I believe my belief is that like when you're in your zone where you're doing the thing and things are just like feel effortless in a way or you're excited about them that gets felt by the receiver on the other end and if we're kind of grinding or pushing or doing things that are counter or incongruent with how our bodies feel Um, that's when visibility feels really yucky. And, you know, there's a growth edge too. So there might be things like, oh, I really want to be visible on Instagram. I want to share these things, but there's some discomfort there. Like that's different, right? Mm -hmm. That's like those are things, those might be like a little growth edge or learning, you know, again, what ways feel good to show up on Instagram. But like, I just love this conversation. Um, yeah. and
0: That's so. where I would go back to the experimentation too. Like if you're feeling there's a growth edge for how you want to show up, that's when you can create an experiment for yourself and be like, mm. okay, I'm just gonna try posting three, reel, three reels a week for a month and see what happens. And Mm. you don't even have to tell anyone. It's just an experiment, like getting into that energy could be really useful for a growth edge versus where you're like, oh, I just don't like once you do the experiment, you may realize I don't like posting reels. I would much Mm -hmm. rather be on threads or write a newsletter or start a podcast or any other number of things that you could do. But that's another point of experimentation is you get data so you can make better, more aligned decisions.
1: Mm, I love that. I mean, I love this idea. I have a visual right now of like kind of going into the lab, like my, my background's biology. So it's like, you know, putting my lab coat on and like going into the lab and kind of working on an experiment. And there's, there's like an autonomy to it. There's like, You know, it's just you kind of doing your thing quietly and there's, it feels safe. There's like a feeling of safety to that. Like it doesn't need to be this big thing. We're just playing. Yeah. I I love where this conversation is going, Taylor. And um, I just want to talk a little bit um, or have you introduce a program that I saw on your website called um, Begin Within.
0: You know what? we're actually doing the last round of that right now so yeah we're doing the final round going back to like pivoting and experimenting I realized that I like doing that program and I think eventually I want most of my coaching stuff to live under my own brand so Mm. we're doing this last group coaching um and then yeah I'll I'll primarily coach under my own brand. For Inner Workout, we have these one-off sessions called shift sessions, um, Mm -hmm. where you can take the results from your take care assessments, and then we'll meet for 60 minutes for a coaching session and really hone in on like one thing that you can do that will have a ripple effect on your well-being because I find so often people are like, I take the assessment and now I need to change everything in my life. And then they get burned out Mm -hmm. on trying to change everything when really there's probably one thing that they could focus on and that would open up so much in their day. Even for you, as simple as I don't have that second cup of coffee, instead I drink some peppermint tea and I go outside and if that became a ritual that you cultivated imagine like what that might open up for your days there's so many things like that for people so Mm. that will be inner workouts mean coaching offering sorry to throw you a a a curveball
1: yeah no that's okay i love it pivot 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 baby this is so good so um so that's great so once people take the assessment they have this opportunity to meet is that meeting with you or meeting with one of your um
0: yeah for now, it's meeting with me, so it is one-on-one oh. coaching with me, and then I can send you the link. I have, like, a separate page for my coaching stuff.
1: Mm, oh, God, what a gift. What a gift that would be to be in a coaching container with you. Really, everyone, Taylor, is you're an incredible space holder.
0: So are you. I I oh. think that's, like, part of why I was so excited to be here with you is because I – I've gotten to experience being coached by you too and it is a gift like everyone who's listening mm. i can give a personal endorsement mm. for the power that happens for being in your space
1: oh thank you taylor i'm receiving that the love the love is flowing both ways on this podcast today so my final question always on the podcast is um you know the howl or what would you want to leave our listeners with today Taylor.
0: Mm. I think
1: the theme that's
0: coming through whenever I see like questions like this I'm I'm always like just let it come through in the moment and yeah. what feels like it's coming through for me is I think each of us has something that we need to not not necessarily grant per- permission but just acknowledge the permission is already there. So whether it's permission to experiment or permission to do something differently than someone in your business, or permission to pivot, permission to let go of something that isn't working in your business anymore. Like so many different types of permission, but I I feel like everyone, if they like paused here for a second and took a deep breath and were like, okay, what is the permission that I need to receive right now? There's something there for you.
1: I'm doing it right now. I love that I love that so much Taylor thank you so much like thank you thank you thank you for being in this space with me um, Feminine Rebellion grab this book dive in um, maybe we'll actually like do our own little um, book club with your book that, that would, would be, be so, so cool. sweet yeah hey everyone um, yeah, comment or ta- or DM me or something if you want to do a book club on Taylor's book. Um, that would be so fun, and then maybe we could have you come in and and talk to people at some point.
0: I would love um, that.
1: Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a lot of da- really awesome downloads right now. So this is not the end of us, Taylor. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, really the ripple effect of your work is really massive and, um, I can feel it within myself. And I know that, uh, the women listening can feel it too. So thank you.
0: Thank you. I just like could not have pictured a better
1: way to start my Monday. (laughs) I know Monday. All right. Feminine rebellion. We are wrapping up. We'll put all of the, um, all of the links to Taylor's work and the book and the assessment and anything else we mentioned in the podcast um, in the show notes. Check out Taylor. Check out Inner Workout. Um, All right. Okay. Let's fucking go. Love you madly. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the Feminine Rebellion podcast and rate it. This will help get my message out into the world, reach new listeners, and create the feminine rebellion this world is screaming for right now. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Okay? Love you. Bye.